we are excited to share. I, I'm equally as excited because Shri is up here with me. Uh, we are starting a new series this week. Um, this has been something that has been on my heart to do with Sheree for a little while. I think I kept it to myself uh, up until Monday, and I said, well, we're starting a new series, and you're going <laughs> to preach with me, so it's going to be fun. Um, so it, it's been a fun week just uh, seeking the Lord together and, and really asking what he has for us to share. So we're starting a new series this week called Leading a Spirit-Led Life. Um, so we're going to go into a lot of different things in the next few weeks. Um, today will be more of an introduction to what we're going to chat through, but we want to talk about what it means to live, have a spirit-led family, a spirit-led marriage, spirit-led relationships, um, and we'll let the Lord kind of take it from there. But um, something that's very important to us, uh, especially important to our church. You know, this church was started with the mindset of we want to be spirit-led, um, and we really want to talk about what that looks like, not just on Sunday mornings, but really what that looks like every day in everything that we do. Um, so I love, uh, I, Shreen and I were, were preparing this week, and I said, I always like starting with a story because I think it breaks the ice. Um, so I just want to share a little story about how the Lord was leading us and, 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 and causing us to live spirit-led without really realizing it. Um, as many of you know, I think I talk about Target all the time. Um, I work for Target full-time during the week. And for a long time, I worked in stores and really felt that I feel I need to stand. stand. I, I can't. I, this is, I'll, I'll come back to this. Um, I, for a long time, I worked in stores and I thought I was going to lead a store. Uh, in fact, everything was lined up for me to lead a store. I actually did it for three months in my opinion, did a really nice job, and that's what the, the accolades were, and thought that that was going to be the route that our life was going to go. I was going to become a store director for Target. That was going to be our life. It was just going to keep going away, and who knows where my career was going to go from there. Um, and about, so I, I was working at the Stillwater store. I've shared the story, I think, once before, but I'll share it again just as a refresher was leading the Stillwater store, uh, covering for somebody who was out, out on a leave. They came back, and then I went back to my other store, and she came back and then left the company. Here I had spent all this time investing in the team, investing in the people. I'm like, sweet, this is, like, is going to be mine. They're going to give this store to me. I did a good job. I, I proved myself, uh, and they gave the store to somebody else. And it was not only a hit to my pride, but I think a hit to like, okay, God, like, I felt like this was the direction you were leading. So I was salty for a little while, maybe a day or two. Um, and then I moved on. And I said, you know what, if this isn't where it's supposed to be, uh, the Lord's going to do something different. Fast forward a few months, and um, my boss approached me and said, hey, we have this opportunity that we would like you to think about. And it was to go and take a role at our Target headquarters and, and be there for 18 months, then come back. And he kind of sold me on it. He said, you know, you could go, and if you hate it, you can come back, and, uh, and you can do that. And we, we spent some time praying about it because, you know, I, I still felt really strongly like I was supposed to be a Target store director. Like that was, 
Yeah, that I, was. I feel like you still felt like you were supposed to be in stores. I did. So it was kind of like, well, I don't know about that because I feel like I'm still supposed to be here. Yeah. And, and headquarters was kind of daunting, to be honest with you. I, was, I had spent 11 years working in Target stores, and I knew that. I knew the culture. I knew what was expected. I was good at it. And headquarters was a stretch, to say the least. Uh, I was asked to join a team that I had never even heard of what I like didn't even hear never heard of the job before Somebody actually asked me and they're like, what is site merchandising? And I said, I don't know, but we'll find out together <laughs> Literally didn't know what I was going to be doing But as we prayed about it as a family We felt really strongly like this was something that I needed to pursue mm-hmm. um, And at the time we didn't understand why because it was again new and different different Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable usually I'm okay with change Uh, I like change in some avenues Shree has harder Shree has to warm up to change yes and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that Uh, I'm just more like yeah jump in feet first and Shree's like let's pump the brakes (laughs) a little bit that's that's a good thing because I would be going and doing all these things that I think Shree reins me in a little bit. <clears throat> well, you know, as we prayed about it, we really felt like the Lord was leading us to do this. And because I made that switch, um, a few things happened. My schedule drastically changed. So when I worked at Target stores, I worked every other weekend. I worked nights. And it, it, honestly, it had just it had become part of our life where I just got used to missing things. And I got used to coming home late at 11 o'clock at night and usually having to move a child out of our bed because they had fallen asleep next to mom. Let's just, let's be honest, that's how it went. Um, But as as it started to unravel, a few things happened. So our our schedule got drastically better, which helped our family. Um, I got plugged in with the Christian network at Target, which I didn't even know existed when I worked in the stores. Um, And then this happened. I know without a, a shadow of a doubt, had we not been led to do that and sought the Lord and, and listened to his voice, that I probably would still be working in stores. And I'd be working every other weekend and, and trying to do those things. So living a spirit-led life is truly just that. And Aaron, what he was sharing uh, earlier about like truly just listening and being obedient is so key to living a spirit-led life in every avenue, whether that's your finances, your family, your job, uh, your relationships. Truly living a spirit-led life is so important because that's how you know that you're stepping into what the Lord has for you. Um, so I'm so thankful for that, that decision, and I'm so thankful for that uh, detour uh, from what I had expected because the Lord obviously knew better. And a lot of times we try to get in the way of what the Lord is trying to do in our life by saying, I, I think it should be this, when he's saying, no, 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 I have something even better for you. So as we get into this series, um, we just want to talk about first like laying the groundwork for what it means to live a spirit-led life. And the first thing that living a spirit-led life requires is to be filled with the Spirit. It's hard to live a Spirit-led life if you aren't first filled with the Spirit, right? Um, So turn with me. We're going to start in Acts chapter 4. We're going to start reading verses 31 and 32. So Acts chapter 4, 
um, verses 31 and 32. Kiddos, if you've got it, let me know. I'll wait for you. When we were kids in Grandma Ann's Children's Church, we did these things called sword drills. Whoever got it first got a piece of candy. So if you want a piece of candy, <laughs> Acts chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Got it. Good job. Read along. It says, As they prayed, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. All the believers were in one mind and heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community, for they shared everything they had with one another. So this is obviously as the early church is just getting started. Um, and this is an example. The Holy Spirit had already come. The day of Pentecost had already happened. Holy Spirit had come on the believers, had rested on them. Um, you know, they, they spoke in other tongues. Uh, and this is after that. <clears throat> and this is a time that they were going to go out and minister, the disciples were. Um, and it's, when we, think, when we think about being led by the Spirit in whatever we're doing, maybe it's ministry, but it also could be, you know, making decisions about your life or your family. Being filled with the Spirit beforehand is so critical. Um, we want to talk a little bit about that. Do you want to share a little bit about sure. that? Yeah. I'll grab them. So I feel like the Lord showed me something really neat because I've read, here, let me get the scripture here. No. Um, I've read the scripture a lot, but I feel like he showed me a new light to it. So I'll read the scripture and then I will share like what like um, vision like the Lord gave me of it. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me. Oh, God, they cannot be numbered. And God has such an amazing plan for you, for you. And I want you to know that. He knit you together before the foundations of the, before the first layer of the earth was made. He knew. He had you in mind for this day, this time, when you would be born, what kids you would have, all of that. He knows, and he knew. And what the Lord had shown me was, I saw this person. Oh, they fell. I'm sorry. It's okay. What's the reference on I'll get it for you. Go ahead. Um, so I saw this person. I'll just talk about it. 139, Psalms 139. Okay, sorry. I'm going to stay here. So I saw this person with knitting needles, and I saw it like this where they had had, okay, so my life sometimes is messy, and the kids get into things like my yarn and stuff, so I should have just like a single strand, but we'll just, we'll just work with it. Okay, so knitting is very intricate. I'm a knitter, and I've made blankets and stuff before, and so you start just like with a single thread, and then you, um, 
like you weave it together kind of and you you know put the yarn around it and then you move this side and these knitting needles kind of come together so what I saw was this person like knitting like this and they were knitting this whole beautiful blanket and I tried to get one that was half done, but I haven't done a project in a long time, so I didn't have one that was half done. Not like, not so, like you have four small kids or anything. <laughs> not at all. So I saw these, and these are all knit blankets. I saw these beautiful blankets that were knit by this person. And, um, you know, they were all different patterns. That's my baby blanket. So they're all different ones. Ruby, can I have yours? There's all different stitches and knitting. There's hundreds of stitching, okay? So, not one of these look alike, do they? They don't use the same thread or yarn. They don't use the same stitch. They don't use the same knitting needles. So all of that is varying when you make a blanket. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, you are uniquely who I created you to be. And the Holy Spirit is going to use who I created you to be, not anybody else. So we shouldn't try and compare how the Holy Spirit speaks to us compared to somebody else. And he speaks to us so specifically because he knit us together to be like that, to be like that. So I just saw, you know, and that scripture just like came to light in that you knit me. And I just saw the knitting together of who we are and how we're so different. But he wants us to be different. He doesn't want us to all be the same. He doesn't want us to be a copy of somebody else. Because I have things where I can, the Holy Spirit can use me where I don't have the same gifts that Adam has. And I don't... I don't always do the same things Adam does. And I think differently about things. And the Holy Spirit can use that because he created you to be such a unique individual. And he knew that. And he uses that. So don't question that. Mm -hmm. He knit you to be who you are. And that was his plan. From way long ago, that was his plan for your life. Yeah. So good. <clears throat> and um, I remember when Shereen and I first started dating, uh, I was 18, Shereen was 20 at the time, and about three weeks after we started dating, she, I said, oh, what, you know, you guys are going away this weekend? She's like, oh, yeah, we're going to quilt camp. <laughs> and I laughed. I was like, I quilt camp? I was probably 20 years old. You were 20. Yeah. Yeah, 20. I was like, you're going to quilt camp? You're 20. Like, isn't that... That just sounds like something that grandmas, yeah, grandmas do. would do. Let's, yes. let's be honest. I think I was the youngest person there by 50 by years. A lot of years. <laughs> and I remember just laughing about it. And then as I started to understand what went into making a quilt, that it's not just, you know, old ladies sinking, sitting around drinking coffee and, and, and sewing. Uh, there's so much math and planning and angles and Precision. It's so intricate mm-hmm. to make a quilt <laughs> that I was like, wow, this is incredible. I, I am so impressed with your ability to do that. And I think to tie into what Shri was saying, sometimes our life can look really ordinary. Like, oh, you're going to quilt camp? Uh. 
but your life is so intricate and the Lord designed you so intricately to be exactly you. Sarah's making a quilt for Simon right now. It's a t-shirt quilt. I hope this isn't a surprise. No, okay, okay yeah. perfect. She just made a t-shirt quilt of Simon. It's all of his old t-shirts. And that, that quilt will be one in its own. There is not another quilt like that because it's things of Simon's. Mm -hmm. And when God looks at us, he looks at us as uniquely our own. Mm -hmm. He doesn't see us and go, there's just another person. He sees us as his child. So it's so important to not lose sight of that, mm -hmm. to not lose sight of your uniqueness, to not lose sight of who God created you to be. Yeah. Because when we talk about living a spirit-led life, God is calling you to be exactly who he created you to be. Not to try and live a spirit-led life like somebody else, not to say something and do something the way that somebody else says it, but to do it exactly as you are. Mm -hmm. When I look around our, as our church, there's not a single person in here who's like another person. And that is exactly how God created us to be as a community. Amen. Uniquely our own. Yep. So when we talk about, anything else you want to add to that? Yeah. No. So when we talk about living a spirit-led life, we know it, there's times in our life when we feel really close to the Lord. Where, man, it just feels like we are just lockstep. Everything that He says we're doing. And then there's times that we feel further away, where it sometimes feels like, man, I, I haven't heard from the Lord in a little while. Like, what's, what's going on? Why, why is that? The thing is, is Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He doesn't move away from you. He stays put. He's right next to you. So the problem isn't with him. Or the problem isn't with, with him judging you or moving away from you or pulling away from you. Like many of us think, oh, I must have done something wrong. That's why I'm not hearing from the Lord. Oh, I must have made him upset. That's why he's not talking to me. The difference between Jesus and normal relationships, because that can happen. I'm sure all of you had friends or relationships where it's like, man, that person's giving me the silent treatment. Maybe it's your marriage or maybe it's an argument you have with your spouse where you're like, I just don't want to talk to you right now. Jesus doesn't do that. He is always willing to, to talk to you. He is always willing to be there to comfort you, to support you, to stand you up. The difference is it's not him. It's usually a choice that we're making. And it's not like a, a works thing. And I don't want to get this into legalism and I need to do this in order to hear Jesus. That's not what this is about because that's not the case. But really what it is, it's about our choices. And, and you hear me talk about time all the time. But truly, when we want to be filled with the Spirit, it's how we're prioritizing our time. It's how we're prioritizing our time. Are we prioritizing our time and keeping our focus and fix on Jesus? Or are we drawing our attention to other things in our life? He stands there waiting He's just waiting. He's a gentleman. He's waiting to move in our life. But if we are so fixated on all the other things happening in our life, all of them could be good things. Work is a good thing. Community hanging out with friends is a good thing. But if that is taking the place of spending time with the Father, we're going to fill ourselves up with those things instead of first filling up with the Spirit. 
So how we spend our time is critical to living a spirit-led life. Uh, I was having a conversation with Aaron a couple weeks ago, and something he said was really profound. Um, and I just want to share it because I think it really, it makes a lot of sense. You know, a lot of times, in, and even I think growing up, I looked at Sundays as an opportunity to get filled up. I'm going to get filled up on Sundays. And that's great. But truly, and what he had shared is, Sundays should be a chance for us to work out of the overflow from everything that we have been filled up during the week. All of us should come in gushing with everything that we have learned throughout the week, and it should just overflow throughout everyone. Instead of having it be, I'm coming to give or to receive, I'm coming to give out of everything that the Lord has filled, with, filled me with throughout the week. And that was so profound because a lot of times we think that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what church is for. The church is to spend time with the Father. But if we're not taking that time throughout the week to also spend time with Him, it's, it's hard to be filled with the Spirit. When we take the time to be filled with the Spirit, we don't allow the competing priorities of our life to overtake our thoughts, our prayer time, our Bible time. When we focus our attention on Him and we don't allow those competing priorities to overtake those moments, that's when we really live a Spirit-led life. Because we can, we can know that everywhere we're going, Aaron had a great point, He's at the grocery store. You know, like, he could have easily said, oh, that was just my thought. Why would I buy this guy's sweet rolls? And who knows? Maybe it was just his thought. But it was likely the Holy Spirit because that guy obviously needed, needed that connection. He needed that moment to feel seen, to feel loved. And when we are filled up throughout the week, the Lord sees that and He uses us in ways that if we're not filled up, if we're not taking that time and spending time with the Lord, that a lot of times we just go, huh, that was a strange thought, and we move on, right? Right? Well, and I think, too, um, Jesus was such a perfect example of that, how he went to go away to spend time with the Father. Multiple times we'll read that in scriptures about him taking that time with the Father, knowing the Father's will, you know, and like that's what we're supposed to do in our life too, like God, what is your, you know, like going to Him and letting Him fill us up because when you say what Aaron said today, like show me God, show me, like that's saying I'm available. I'm available to be used by you, like I surrender my will and your will work through my life. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, one of the things I used to think of um, when I was a kid was that, like, the Holy Spirit was like a fuel gauge. Like, it went up and then it went down. The thing is, is when you accept Christ, when you accept Christ, you ask Him to be the Lord of your life, you don't get, like, part of the Holy Spirit and you need to be filled up. Like, you get all of the Holy Spirit in that moment. He comes and indwells in you. He comes and indwells in you. Being filled with the Spirit is more about our heart condition. It's more about where we are. It's not about Him. Again, the Lord doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, it's not about the Holy Spirit not giving Himself to us and we need to do these things to be filled with Him. It's more about are you allowing the Holy Spirit to fill every aspect of you? Are you giving the Holy Spirit every aspect of your life? Or are you saying, I'm going to give you 30 minutes in the morning, then I'm not going to talk to you the rest of the day, and then I'll, 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 I'll talk to you right before I go to bed. Is that what you're doing? And if that's where you're at, that's okay. But the Holy Spirit wants to fill every part of your day. He wants to fill every part of your life. And really, that's what we're going to talk about these next few weeks. That the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in how you parent your kids. He wants to be involved in how you communicate with your husband. He wants to be involved with your relationships with your friends, your co-workers. He wants to be involved in your relationships with everyone that you come in contact with. That's what he wants. But it's up to us and where our heart is at to allow him access to that. Again, he's a gentleman. He's not going to intrude or put himself in a place where he's going to have to move us out of the way. He's going to wait. He's going to say, are you ready? I'm waiting. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. I've been ready. Right? So it's truly about where you're positioning your heart and how you're creating space for the Holy Spirit to fill every aspect of your life. Because honestly, our lives are led by what we're filled with the most. If you fill yourself with worry, fear, doubt, anxiety, selfishness, you're likely, you're going to make decisions based off of that. If you're perpetually thinking, man, this person's going to think I'm pretty weird. I'm not going to talk about Jesus to them. You might miss an opportunity where that person needed to hear about Jesus, but because you've spent so much time filling yourself with worry, instead of, as Becca was saying, focusing on him, focusing on the blood, focusing on your authority, focusing on renewing your mind, Amen. you're going to miss that opportunity. The Lord's still going to bring somebody around to share that with somebody. But if you fill yourself up with Him, if you fill yourself up by the Spirit, instead of being led by those things, mm -hmm. you're going to be led by Him. Before, and I think this is really interesting, you know, Shri was talking about that Jesus is a perfect example of this. If you turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it's a prime example of when Jesus was going into a challenging moment, a challenging period in his life, he had to make a choice. And it says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. So Jesus knew he was going into this wilderness season. He was going to be in the wilderness for 40 days, not eating a thing. Before he went, though, what did he first do? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Think of what our day would look like if every single day we started the day full of the Holy Spirit. Think of that. Think of the interactions, the conversations, the relationships you would establish if you went into every single day full of the Holy Spirit like Jesus did. Now, Jesus spent 40 days out there and the devil came to attack him. Jesus knew he needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is right after he was baptized. 
the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't think of Sunday mornings as the drinking fountain to fill us up. It should be where the Holy Spirit takes our cup and lets it spill over, right? Right? Sunday mornings shouldn't be a drinking fountain for us to fill up. It should be an opportunity for us to say, oh my gosh, this was such an awesome week, right? The Holy Spirit did this and he did this and he, oh my gosh, this is so cool, right? Like that is what it should be and that's, every interaction can be that way if we allow ourselves to be filled with the Spirit. So once we're filled with the Holy Spirit, how do we then live a life that is led by the Spirit? What does that look like? Do you want to share a little bit here? About I feel like you were talking about this, uh, talking about that a little bit this morning. Uh, I, I can share, then you can you can elaborate off of it. That's fine. Um, so I, I, when we li- leaving li- living a Spirit-led life truly is about having an awareness of our identity in Christ and understanding the transformation that occurred in our life. So if we want to live a Spirit-led life, it's first we need to be filled up, but it's also important for us to understand our identity in Christ. It's foundational because if we don't understand our identity in Christ and where we're positioned with Christ, we're going to continue to think that I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not ready enough. I'm not prepared enough to talk to somebody about Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, go ahead and turn there if you'd like. It says, For by one Spirit we were all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. And I want to focus on the middle part of that. Paul says to the church in Corinth, no matter our status, Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. When we know our identity in Christ, we know that no matter where we've come from, no matter where we're going, we are firmly grounded in Him. We can then live a Spirit-led life. We can, and I love how the Passion Translation says this, we are privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit because of our identity in Christ, right? Because of our identity in Christ, we can drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. And if you think about that as Paul is saying this to that church, that's pretty like mind-blowing because forever it was the only people that were truly thought of as religious were Jews. They were the ones, oh, they're God's people? Everyone, the Gentiles, no, 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 no. They, they don't have access to that, right? And Paul is saying, whether you were a Jew or a non-Jew, whether you were a slave or not, we all have access to the Holy Spirit because of Jesus. Because of who we are in Him, we all have access to the same Holy Spirit. Living a life led by the Spirit means that we trust and believe that because of our relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit is going to lead and guide us as we go. 
so living a spirit-led life starts with being filled with the spirit, and then it starts, and then and then it continues with understanding your identity in Christ. So I want to transition a little bit now to what it truly means to live a life led by the Spirit. So in John chapter 14, 16, and 17, Jesus is talking, and he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. Oh, I missed that. Oh, that's okay, Graham. So being led by the Spirit requires us to give up control throughout the day and means to put down our wants and desires and give free access to the Spirit to lead and guide us through our life. Right? So... Sometimes that can be hard to give up control. We all like control. We all like to be in control, right? I, I mean, just raising young kids, you want to be in control. Because if you're not in control, you end up having a house that needs to just... Chaos. <laughs> yes, chaos. Exactly. So we like to be in control. And I think that's the balance of living a spirit-led life is... We have to truly surrender. surrender, yeah, and lay down our wants, our desires, in order to give him control, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think of it kind of like all of us have like this mental, whether we write it down or it's just in our brains, like this to-do list of like, I got to get this done, and I got to get this done, and I got to get this done, and this done. And sometimes it's like we prioritize that instead of... God, I'm setting that to the side. Show me what you have for me today. Show me what you want me to do. Do you want, like sometimes he'll bring to remembrance a friend. Give him a phone call. See how they're doing. Sometimes, like this week, I was walking on Friday with the kids, and I was just praying and walking, and this guy ran past me. And I felt like the Lord was like, pray for him. And so I was praying for him that he would just feel waves of God's love as he was running. And just things like that where it's you're, you've surrendered to the place where you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work and move in your life, and it's not my agenda. It's saying, Holy Spirit, have your way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think sometimes we can think that it's going to be this dynamic production every single time the Holy Spirit leads us to do something. That it's going to be this big ordeal. And sometimes it's the simplest of things. It's, hey, um, you should really remember to clean the bathroom because it will mean a lot to your spouse. Or um, pray for that person. Tree didn't know who that guy was. Doesn't even know. Maybe he's a Christian, maybe he's not. But she was obedient. Sometimes it's the smallest, simplest things, right? Mm -hmm. Think about when you're raising your kids. When you're trying to teach them how to do something, you don't say, okay, I want you to go climb that mountain right away. They would go, uh, no, I, I'll, sure, I, I'll try. They're probably not going to get very far, right? The Holy Spirit wants to lead us, and he's going to give us exactly what we are capable of in that moment. 
So to Didi's point, if you allow the Lord to work in you, and she, what she was sharing was so spot on, He will grow you and strengthen you in ways that you probably never would have thought that. That you could do something. The fact that Cherie is sitting up here with me, willing to share, is a testament to that. Well, it's testimony of God, yeah. actually. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's God has worked so much in that area in my life like I used to like have a super like shaky voice and be like I don't even know what to say and my voice is super shaky and one day I was like Holy Spirit can you change that like I don't want to have that anymore like I I just want to speak clearly and not have it where I felt like I was fumbling over my words and shaky and I feel like he did that for me but why didn't I ask sooner? You know, like, I, I feel like he's just waiting for those opportunities for us to ask or him to show us. Like, for that always to be asking him. You know, he's willing to give it to us. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes it's us doing that. It's asking him. Mm -hmm. It's asking him to use us in our life. It's going to him and saying, I am available. I'm ready and waiting and willing right? It's, the, it's that mentality. If you're not asking, he's just going to wait for you to ask. He's waiting for you to, to come to him. Um, Galatians 5.16 uh, says, let me emphasize this, as you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. So Shuri was talking about surrendering, and, and the, the word yield there um, you know, it's really talking about like, how are you pausing for the Holy Spirit? How are you giving him space to, uh, to, to act and live in, in your life? Um, when we're led by the Spirit, he reveals to us the things that aren't yield signs, but are stop signs. He shows us the things in our lives that are stop, that are stop signs, that cause us to stop in our tracks. He shows us those things, and then works through us and in our lives to remove those stop signs, to remove those barriers, to remove those derailers. He doesn't change. He stays the same. What he does, though, is he changes and transforms us. So he looks at our life and he says, if you yield to me, if you surrender to me, I am going to transform you. I'm going to take those things that you're struggling with I'm going to take those on, and I'm going to remove them from you, right? His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. He's not going to make life harder for you. He wants to make life easier and simpler for you. But so much of that is our choice. Living a spirit-led life is giving up of yourself, surrendering yourself, yielding to the life and the power of the Holy Spirit and letting go of those things. It's really easy when somebody, you know, a, a lot of times there'll be an altar call. I want you to come up. If you're dealing with something, I want you to come up and I want, we're going to pray for you. And you let go of that. The hardest part though is not picking it up when you walk off the altar call. When you leave the altar. When, when we truly yield to the Holy Spirit, when we surrender to Him, we lay it down at the feet of Jesus, and it stays there. We don't pick it up again. We don't play with it. It just stays there. 
Shri and I want to, as we start closing, we, we just really want to, to hone in on, you know, when we live a life led by the Spirit in everything we do, in our families, in our relationships, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal ways that He can use you in other ways. Not just in your home, not just with your kids or your spouse or your parents or whoever it may be. He's going to start revealing to you how to use you in your community, at the grocery store, at the gas station, uh, at the YMCA, wherever that is. He's going to start showing you those things. He's going to start trusting you to walk out His plan and purpose for your life. Um, we want to close with our, with our church's verse because it's such a good reminder of what it means to live a Spirit-led life. And it's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16-18. through 18. Now, this is out of the Passion Translation. Um, this is just a really good passage of Scripture in any translation. But we'll read it out of the Passion Translation. It says, But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever He is Lord, there is freedom. We can all draw close to Him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into His image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And when we think about that verse, there's a few things. The middle part of that where it says, And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. When you think about it, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he had to have a veil over his face because the glory of the Lord was so powerful, so strong, that it, nobody could see him. And because of Jesus, we can reflect the Holy Spirit without that veil. People can see the glory of the Lord on us wherever we go. We don't have to be ashamed or hide it because we are filled with the Holy Spirit so we can be led and changed from one brighter level of glory to another. This glorious transfiguration doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from works. It doesn't come from things that you do. It only comes from the Lord. It only comes from the Lord. He is the only one who can change and transform our life. He is the only one who can pick us up and put us in where we need to be. He is the only one who is truly going to drastically change your life. And when we surrender to Him, when we come and we are filled up in Him, when we understand our identity in Him, we can live a life led by the Spirit, moving one, from one brighter level of glory to another, constantly being transformed and transfigured by the Holy Spirit. Right? Right? So just think about that as you go throughout this week. Ask the Lord, I want you to use me. I want you to speak to me. I want to be led in everything that I do. We we, a, a couple months ago, we talked about abiding in His presence and being so ever aware of His presence. Throughout our day, be ever aware of His voice. 
be aware of the Holy Spirit, be led by the Spirit, and allow Him to move drastically through your life. Uh, you know, Sheree talked about the testimony of her sitting up here, and, and Dee Dee shared a little bit about truly allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life. When He does, you'll be amazed, and you'll look back on it and go, wow! How only God. Only God! You know, like, it's, it's like the scripture, in our weakness, He is shown. You know, and it's like, you can say it, God, it's because of you. Mm-hmm. I, I could not do it on my own. Absolutely. I couldn't. Yeah. But through God, you can. Mm-hmm. 